I think all in all, like my journey and my art has been highly spiritual because I find myself when I am in times of doubt and dismay and and not positive and not leaning towards like a universal or outerwardly uh, view of the world, I get really down to the point where it's like it affects my operations. I become like almost inoperable and uncreative at times when I'm in that space. But fortunately, when I discovered that, I, I tried really hard to stay out of that space, you know, and just meditate and read texts that are inspirational. The main effect on my art and that I've had other people tell me, like either celebrities or just like anyone I've taken portraits of, they always tell me that I, you know, I come in with a very calming presence. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that is all attributed to my spiritual practices. Welcome to Cosmic Rx Radio, a podcast that gives you real-life tools of spiritual empowerment and pure hype. I'm your host and intuitive guide, Maddie Murphy. I'll be serving up your weekly energy readings, cosmic boss interviews, and astro inspiration. Are you ready to love yourself more, manifest your dream life, and own your magic? Let's jump in. Today's guest is Grace Bakumi. Grace is an editorial portrait and commercial photographer, as well as a wardrobe and celebrity stylist. Her work has been published in Vogue, Teen Vogue, Elle, Refinery29, High Snobiety, Milk, Playboy, Nylon, New York Times, and way more. And she has worked with high-profile people like Migos, Ashanti, Alicia Keys, and Michael B. Jordan, doing everything from interviewing them, styling them, or shooting them. But perhaps most importantly, she is someone who really brings visions to life. She uses light, color, and magic to really storytell and weave soul into everything she does. She's an advocate for more representation, inclusivity, and authenticity in the realms of fashion, art, and culture. She is someone we believe is truly a cosmic change maker, disrupting things in her field, shaking things up, a sacred rebel, conscious creative, and a multi-passionate, multi-potentialite, soulful storyteller who is both artist and the muse. So, Grace, hi. Wow, what an intro. (laughs) Can you like... What a beautiful intro. Thank you so much for that. Wow. I might um, need to use that for my bio. Use it up to my bio with that. I love so thank that. you. Okay. <laughs> Welcome. Thank you so much for being here. It was truly just hard to keep things limited with you. I was like, she does so many beautiful things in Aww. so many different ways. So yeah, you have, I mean, what I would say is a capital D r-e-a-m dream job um (laughs) yeah why don't you tell people a little bit about it from your perspective like what you do you know in your day-to-day a little bit about about that through your through your voice oh absolutely um yeah you're right it's a dream job in a lot of ways and I'm only laughing because I never really considered it that that I just felt like I was pursuing my passion I have, I feel like I have specific missions in life to accomplish. And so I just try to lead with that. But it is such a dream job to be able to like get up and just like make my schedule or just augment in the ways I want to and go after tasks specifically that I want to do and not that someone's like telling me to do. And just to create and be around other people who are creative, I think that is the most, like, the biggest blessing of the work I do above all. So in my day-to-day, uh, you know, my work differs across photography, styling, art direction requests. So some days I'm just, like, processing invoices and doing estimates and treatments and mood boards. And some days I'm doing research for different clients or projects or my own personal projects. And then some days, which are great days, I get to be in the field, quote unquote, there I am fully an artist. <laughs> and um, mm-hmm. I, I act either as a photographer or a stylist or art director, but I don't even think of these things. I, I had to put roles on the things that I do because that's what society dictates, obviously, <laughs> outside of photography. 
But to me, it's just creation. We're all creative mm-hmm. beings. We're all um, from the creator, whatever your religious background is. And I just feel like it's our purpose to do so. And so if I'm able to do so within different art departments, so to speak, I'm just, I feel really fortunate to be able to do it in that way. But yeah, to, I guess for the title on things, the projects do range across those like four key tiers. Um, in addition, I also do content direction and writing. I kind of forgot about that, <laughs> that as well. But, um, and casting and directing and producing. But I feel like this is why titles are hard because to no. me, it's just like, I just do creative things and I love doing it. I work with great people and mm-hmm. that's the job for me. Less than like uh, a title or a representation or anything else that comes with it. So long answer to your question. <laughs> yeah, that's um, exactly what I wanted to hear from your lens. I'm, like, I'm not even doing this justice because I can just tell based on your work, but also based on your birth chart that you really are that, like multi-potentially multi-passionate. There are multiverses within you and you're just sort of channeling them. <laughs> but you did a good job in I terms of like that. The, the earth language, the muggle language. You did a good job. So that <laughs> <laughs> the muggle language we have to describe our talents and resources right. and skills. Like, yes. <laughs> these new words. They're so yeah. inadequate. <laughs> Seriously. Um, I mean, we might have to learn like sign language. I feel like that's going to really help us to be able to yes. dictate things better. We're like, oh, Grace is a bleep, bloop, bleep, bloop, hand gesture, butterfly signature. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's the new wave now. I love that. Oh, yeah, my I, God. Yeah. I was writing about you and I was like, one word that comes to mind, you know, my Virgo nerd wrote one word that comes to mind when I think of grace, but it's actually two words, um, is I put healing artist and yeah, I don't know if it's intentional. I'm curious to hear, you know, your jump right into the deep end of life um, in terms of like spiritual influence on your work, looking at your photography, especially it's so ethereal and whimsical and colorful, but it's so grounded and authentic and real. And um, the words on, even on your Instagram and on your website, it, you know, I saw you mentioned this about chakras and miracles, and it just felt like a healing experience to look at your art. So I guess wow. something just to ask you about, is that something that do you find that, you know, your whatever your spiritual connection is, it sounds like you have one. I'm not going to ask you that. That sounds like a rhetorical question. <laughs> <laughs> what is your spiritual connection? Right, like, are you spiritual? Because <laughs> you've kind of just answered it with how you <laughs> talked about yourself. Um, but, you know, I'm just curious how you think, you know, the intersection of like art and spirituality and, you know, does your spiritual practice affect um, your, your art and your ability to show up and do this storytelling? Really great question. I don't think anyone's ever asked me that one. And I think it's outside of one person, literally one person, my friend who does marketing on Facebook, she one day she just randomly texted me and she's like, I think you should talk more about your spirituality and how it affects your work. And I was like, whoa, that's wild. Like, but the thing is, I think it's at the end of the day, it's it's a little bit of cataclysmic like situation because my heart, my heart, my art. Uh-huh. heals me uh my art my heart mm-hmm. all that it, it heals me it's been a journey mm-hmm. of spirituality in itself but yeah I, I was raised super spiritual as a, a Pentecostal Christian and I had to learn what you know in like my young adult age what that really means what, what I could take from it what I needed to leave back mm-hmm. from it and and since then I've tapped into learning about other religions um from Buddhism um to Islam and just learning what the soul, like the spirit behind those religions are, why they were created, why they're fundamental for humans and what the stars in the universe told those men and women who wrote um, the text back in the day. Cause I think there were some women writing the text, but right. that's, that's, <laughs> that's another, just a that's hypothesis like a that at some point, yeah, yeah they definitely had some point, women in there. Woman, there's, there's a lot of wise words. And it, I agree with you. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. I think all in all, like my journey and my art has been highly spiritual because I find myself when I am in times of like doubt and dismay and and not positive and not leaning towards like a 
universal or outerwardly uh, view of the world, I get really down. Mm. And it to the point where it's like it's it affects my operations. I become like almost inoperable and on you know uncreative at times when I'm in that space. But fortunately, when I discovered that, I, I tried really hard to stay out of that space, you know, and just meditate and read um, texts that are inspirational or hear texts that's inspirational. I listen to the I Ching Chinese like scripture mm-hmm. reading every Sunday, mm-hmm. and the thing that I think affects. The main effect on my art and that I've had other people tell me, like either celebrities or just like anyone I've taken portraits of, they always tell me that I, you know, I come in with a very calming presence. Mm -hmm. And I I think that is all attributed to my spiritual practices. I mean, innately, I'm filled with so many emotions, as as every other human, of course, but I'm filled with so many things. I think that those thoughts could go one direction or the other, for sure. But I think having the background that I do, that I had, and also seeking the knowledge that I have sought after has given me a calm presence, or at least makes me strive to be more peaceful if I'm not being calm in the moment. And it just keeps me grounded. And I, I'm so thankful and grateful of the words that you were saying to describe my art, because I've, um, you know, I've had it described in different ways, but I don't think it's exactly like that. Just for people to understand that there's a level of um, high power and high consciousness mm-hmm. that I want people to achieve and to gain either through their own readings or works, or even hopefully through inspired by something I created, but I don't necessarily see the direct correlation because I'm the artist, you know, and I also sometimes it's just, I'm working with a client or it's just a job, but I think in the back of my mind, I always come on set with the preoccupation of being very peaceful um, for having a seamless operation, but also giving that person I'm working with or that team I'm working with some sort of peace to take home with them that day. That is just my overall goal. I don't go in with the intention. I don't write it in my like work statements. Like we must have a peaceful set. Everything must be great. We must be like, you know, everything must be kosher and copacetic. I don't do that. But I hope that by just showing up and by the conversations that I have, and the work that I've been able to showcase that people can get that. And I'm so grateful that you at least get that. So, yay, someone understands um, oh, honey, what's happening I there. Oh, honey, I got it. I felt it. I felt <laughs> it right through to my bones. I was like, ooh. Yes. This woman yes, is on something. <laughs> thank you. She's plugged in. Yeah, thank you. I'm so happy you felt that because it's hard to translate that. Like, how do you... Even if I made a statement saying that I wanted to translate that feeling, that wouldn't even do justice to attempting to translate it because it's just mm-hmm. like innately in the works itself and also the experience that are created in the works. Yeah, I think that's a great way of you kind of are touching upon something that I as one of my personal just, you know, value systems is when it comes to being spiritual, it's just you be about it. You don't talk about it. If you were on your web, if like if someone had on the website too much about like, I'm so spiritual, this is why I do this, and I didn't feel it in the art, I'd be like, okay, sure. But it's clearly just something that you embody and it's an energetic and it's a vibration and a frequency and an intention and like a prayer that you bring to everything you do. I'm guessing yeah. that's as intentional as you sound. And again, looking at your chart, knowing the yeah. sacred reverence that you have for art and self-expression. So that that's a really beautiful. And I actually like how the art speaks for it. But obviously if you ever want any help in articulating this for your website, I am your girl. I have a whole yeah. spiritual dictionary vocabulary jargon we can pepper it in but um love that i love to hear it it's definitely speaking and you know something else that i just wanted to point out or have you elaborate on is you know you do so many things but the two things that stood out to me in terms of under that healing artist role is um you know photography and personal styling I just think are two incredible tools in not only storytelling, but also helping people be seen in ways that are authentic and maybe mirror their path and their soul and the things that are hard to express, especially in a world where we can tend to feel um, invisible or not important. And I just kind of wanted to ask you, I guess, like, you know, just kind of bringing it back down to like, why photography and, and why you know, styling? Like, what was the creative spark? Is this something you always knew you wanted to do? Was it something you were always drawn to? Or what led you there? 
Great question again. I think you're going to have lots of great questions. I'm going to stop saying that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, flatter me. Flatter me for days. <laughs> like, amazing question. Amazing. I would say I, I. that's part of why I feel like the work I do is a mission that's been given to me and not something that I've just chosen to take upon myself because the way I fell into the work itself is, to me, still um, a miracle to say I... Um, come from a very traditional Nigerian family. So, of course, like being immigrants and having my dad, you know, work very hard and kind of abandon his previous post in life to make sure we had a life that was always like Mm -hmm. imprinted in the back of my mind. So (laughs) I just knew I couldn't just like pilfer away and do whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, And also knew that I would have to support myself because that's just the structure of our, I mean, my family doesn't come from much, but also just the structure of our culture. And so when I was younger, I was just the only place I was really allowed to go to besides church was the library and school, of course. So I would just spend all my free time that I could in the library. And that's where I made a discovery of other things outside of the realm of what I was taught. And in the library, um, I think a a really pinnacle moment for me was just discovering Alexander McQueen's books and reading about him and fall in love with all these like matriarchs of art. And I mean, even though he's a man, but still like just even down to Queen Elizabeth, like learning about her Mm -hmm. and just like how she helped artists. I was very inspired, one, to become some sort of matron of the arts. I didn't know how or what. I was like 11 in the library, like, oh my God, she's so awesome. I want to be a mason of arts, like, but not even be an artist what or an even know what that entailed. Like title. I, mean, I love that so much. It's just like, she was, she helped a lot of, you know, artists get started and that's dope. So that's where I was thinking I was headed. Like, okay, I'm going to, I'll figure it out. But also knowing that I couldn't disappoint my parents and I had to kind of like walk a, a fine line. So I went to school, I went to college as an international um, relations student because I knew that I can somehow maybe get into the international art market that way after becoming a diplomat. I had this whole grand, like, I'm going to have a career first and then, then I will be like known enough to actually make the art or I will Mm. have enough money to just invest in artists. That's where I thought the path was kind of going. But fortunately you know, the saints and uh, divinity would have me kind of go a different path. And in college, I just kept encountering designers and artists of all different backgrounds and their motivation to create beyond what was reasonable, beyond what was quote unquote deemed necessary was super inspirational for me. And working with those artists and also working with my first boss in college uh, who owned a vintage store and I, he let me run his vintage store. Like I did every, I did marketing window displays. I modeled, I, fo- I photographed, I just anything. And having those two practices, one as a manager, I was managing uh, fashion designers in college and then also working at, at a vintage store. I think both of those things helped me understand that I could also be the artist and I can make things mm-hmm. in the way that I saw them. And I view things. I didn't have to just work alongside people to make sure their dreams came true, which I enjoyed. But at some point I'm like, this isn't fulfilling for me. So I moved to LA. I worked for a nonprofit for a year to get here because I had no money and my parents were not going to support me. <laughs> so I worked with a nonprofit in education for a year and that also, I think, was a divine calling in a weird way, even though it's not my calling. But that helped me realize that I could no longer sacrifice my dreams and sacrifice my my will and my intention by seeking other paths. Like, it, it was dawning on me because I was working with kids who had all these dreams but had so many setbacks. I was creating after-school programs for them and all these things. And I still kind of deviated because I was, I just wasn't confident. So I still deviated from what I knew I wanted to do for like three more years after that. I took another job as a content director, but even in my deviation, I feel like it all brought me to where I'm at. You know, like Mm. I have a full understanding and scope of humanity. I also realized I had anxiety disorder while working in school because I just never knew that my reactions to certain things were not not that they were nor- not that they were abnormal, but that they were a little bit elevated in the wrong direction. <laughs> if I could put it that way. <laughs> That's a beautiful um, way of putting it. <laughs> yeah, I didn't realize that like kind of the trauma of not being able to communicate when I was younger and being an immigrant and 
mm-hmm. just having so many societal pressures placed on me as my for my culture and American culture, I think that all weighed into what was occurring with me. And it all kind of just spilled out of the bag. And when I was working with these kids doing like 14 hour days and understanding all their anxieties and everything that was going on with them. And that brought me to a point where I started seeking therapy for that. And that helped me understand who I was better as a human being. And so when I, um, while I was working the content direction job, I still had in the back of my mind what I learned from therapy and what I learned from my experiences. I appreciate her for everything she did, but my boss is not uh, the easiest <laughs> mm-hmm. or the fairest to get along with. And I finally, you know, quit one day because I was just like shooting for fun on the beach somewhere and someone saw me. And at first they tried to tell me that I was like, you know, infringing on their property. And then they hired me. <laughs> then they were like, wait, but we actually need a photographer for this like lifestyle shoot. So they hired me for a job. And that was like my first legit client was this retailer from Malibu who I guess I was like on their property shooting. <laughs> and anyway, so like just doing photography, doing content direction, doing all those things kind of helped me hone this the drive at least. Even though I didn't really have the skill set, I had the drive. I had my knowledge from working with artists in college and from taking small classes that had to do with like communicating art and fashion and photography. And so I kind of just like hit the ground running with that. And it wasn't easy. It still is like a process at at times. But I think that's the beauty of the journey. You know, it's just like Mm -hmm. being able to reflect back and understand that what where I was the first year I quit and that, you know, six months of trying to figure out who else would pay me, how else I would work, what, you know, how else I could create, how else I could improve while creating was um, very pivotal and I'm super grateful to be able to reflect back on that even now and to answer your question (laughs) I got into styling from photography and content direction I got into styling because I wasn't finding any stylists I didn't even know that styling was a separate job I thought that just everyone just had to kind of figure it out themselves or I, I, I was just very naive I was very naive but what I was doing to learn photography, to be better as a photographer, I was uh, shadowing other photographers, specifically, I think my you know, biggest shadower, <laughs> biggest person I shadowed was um, my friend Dan, who's the head photography of Variety. And he taught me a lot from retouching to just how to converse with models and all these things. And what I helped him with was styling. And so I created a styling book portfolio with him and other photographers consecutively in my attempts to learn photography. This is all like master plan. I'm learning photography, but little do I know my master plan is like, <laughs> you're going to learn everything and you're going to, you're going to try to be really, really great at everything that you do. So yeah, that's kind of like, it wasn't until I did my, one of my first editorials was with Playboy and I did everything from art direction to photography to styling to casting. And after that shoe, which I don't think I made any money off of, I definitely got a UCI because I worked way too hard. Come on, um, Playboy. We know you have money. Um, <laughs> no, it's, it wasn't actually fun. Playboy, I don't know about now, but they're actually really great companies to work with okay, because they're good. mostly women-led. And they just let me do whatever I want. And I was, I was just so shocked because no one else had let me do that from like L to Vogue. Like no one had let me just take the full reins in the project. So I was really grateful for them. And after that, I had a meeting with his friend who was an agent who basically was like, do you know you're doing four different jobs? <laughs> like, do you understand what you're doing right now? And I'm like, what do you mean? I was like, no, Grace, you're really like, you're doing several jobs. Like, you should get paid for each one separately if you want to. And I was like, I do. So then I started pitching clients in a different way where I was more so just like, here are the different things I can do and um, here's like, well, how I can do it. And fortunately they started listening to me enough to hire me. So I'm very grateful for that. Wow. First of all, you don't get to where you are today just by being like, okay, yeah, I took one class and then I instantly became this multi-passionate creator. I just want to digest and reflect on what you just said, because there's so much value in your story in terms of like the initial spark and the things that drew you to it. I'm itching with excitement to tell you how it reflect like it ties back to your birth chart and how that matron Ooh. of the arts thing is still going to happen. Oh, good. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> so you're just 
<laughs> buckle up. That's like part of your chart, but also the journey, the nonlinear, you know, quote unquote. I think so many of us, especially anyone listening who's maybe struggling to find their purpose or to step into what they feel like is their, you know, path that's aligned with their soul or, you know, what they want to do with their work in the world. I think so many of us think it's just this linear A to B path. And I know for me also, it has not been, you know, it's been zigzag A to Q back to LMNOP and then back over to E. And it's like, and every step of the way, you actually are gathering something. Like you said, like I was set out to be a photographer. I was doing this other stuff to be a photographer. And then it was like, oh, I woke up one day and I'm doing like 10 jobs at once. And I have this beautiful portfolio, this amazing toolkit. So I just want to let people know who are listening. Like it's not, it's not a linear journey. And especially for you and your chart, people like you, you do actually learn better by doing a lot of different things at once. You know, that stimulation, it can lead to anxiety. There's some stuff in the chart about that too, but it's also um, in the right amount, variety and curiosity and doing new things and just saying like, yeah, I can try that. It is part of how you hone your superpowers and also live to like the fullness of you. Because I think you'd be really bored if you were just doing like one thing, <laughs> like horribly underwhelmed. So. Absolutely. Like to get jobs done, I have to have several jobs because, mm. well, that's not true. I don't have to, but I, I find that I do the best work when I have several projects because I... I get so organized. <laughs> I freak myself out because I know I have to, because there's so many, there are deadlines, everything is. So I kind of give everything like an hour of my time and kind of work through it that way and, and just have to be very meticulous with that. But you're right. It's, it's all like contributed to just the awareness of the work itself. It's just knowing what I'm able to do and take on and what I'm not able to do and take on. Mm, that's so important. Oh, so much. Okay. I'm going to jump into your chart because your girl is itching. I'm like, there's so much stuff you were just saying that I was like taking notes on a Oracle card I have next to me. I was like, I can't forget to bring that up. What she just said is exactly in her chart. I forgot to ask you before we get started, have you ever had your natal chart read? No, this is my first time. (laughs) This is so fun. Okay. So yeah. I love working with people when it is their first time or they're new because I like to focus on astrology in really big picture, soul purpose, you know, development. Um, How do you live out the full beauty and breadth of your gifts and also to step into the wholeness of who you are and who you're meant to be. And also I just Mm. like to hopefully, fingers crossed, keep it very (laughs) accessible and keep it simple. I know my first birth chart reading, I just like blacked out from all of the the (laughs) the astrology words. I I was like, there's a conjunction to Uranus. Who am I? What? And I was like, I don't even, I don't even know (laughs) what just happened to me. (laughs) So (laughs) that being said, you know, your birth chart is a snapshot. It's the moment you took your first breath and it's this snapshot of where all the planets and the stars were in the night sky. And each of those planets, they're sending their own message back and forth, pinging across each other. And so when you're born, it's like you embody this energy and it's part of your soul's blueprint and it's unique to you. It's like a fingerprint. And it's really is the closest thing that we have to like an amazing user manual um, to understand Mm. our obstacles and our opportunities, you know, our talents, our gifts. And my intention always with these readings is just to be a mirror to you, a reminder. I hope Mm. nothing I say surprises you. I think it's more just like, oh, yes, thank you for that reminder. That's who I am. Or I need a validation or that permission to expand into that next version of me. Um, So any questions you have, if you need me to repeat anything, I want this to be, you know, interactive and to serve you. And then at the end, I am going to ask you, you know, what, what's next? What's something that you want to manifest or co-create or call in in the next six months to a year? And we'll kind of look at your chart to see how we can align with that. But now I'm going to get into the birth chart, which is just you. It's just you and your soul. When I wrote down in my notes, I put like, you really embody this healing artist or artist healer. And I put art, beauty, and style as a tool of expansion, transformation, and liberation. And that is truly like the synthesis of your chart in one sentence, if I had to like pin it down, because there's a million things I want to say. But when you were talking about how being drawn to art and to those books and just feeling like almost a 
pull to that that sounds like it felt even bigger than yourself. Your chart ruler, I know we all know our sun sign, you're a Scorpio. That's very important. We are going to talk about a little bit about that, but for today's reading, I'm going to actually not focus too much on your sun sign because I think there's an overemphasis in that and like, you know, astrology conversations. Looking at your rising sign helps me understand your chart ruler. And it's like the filter through which you experience everything in life. And it's also this guiding essence, your aura, your like force that's bigger than you. I always say that the energy of your rising sign finds you, even if you don't want it to. It's like you could just be, again, going to school for law and like art is going to find you out of nowhere because um, your rising sign is Libra, which is ruled by Venus, the planet of love, art, harmony, and justice. So that's your chart ruler. So even though you're a Scorpio, you're actually ruled by Venus. This makes sense for you so far? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Lots of love and emotion here. (laughs) Love. And, you know, Libra, I always think about as the archetype is like the artist activist. It's someone who equally puts emphasis on bringing beauty to the world through art and through understanding and being like an ambassador and being someone who builds bridges but also ultimately it's art, but there is so much more behind it too. It's about bringing more beauty to the world and more equity and bringing balance um, where there isn't balance. And um, the Libra rising is a very like social justice heavy sign. Yes. So we always say Libra, it's like more than just a pretty face. Yes. She is about beauty, but yes, she will come for you and burn it all down if she needs to. So That's your chart ruler. And this is going to be, you know, for you, it's how you are guided into new scenarios, how you rise into new versions of you, why we call it the rising is through like following this. It's not saying that you always have to be doing something directly related to one of those subjects I just mentioned, but by following that impulse, by following that intuitive hit, by following that thing that lights you up in that it's like your soul. That's your soul's GPS. It's like the guidance system. It's bringing you. And like I said, it's something that you find and you happen to like, it, those things come to you. <laughs> so your Libra rising, I was like, okay, yes, yes, yes. And then other things you were talking about, the thing that really stood out to me um, in your chart, I'm going to go big. I'm going to go really big picture here for a moment. Your North Node, which is your destiny line, it's like your highest calling in your chart. It's like what your soul came here to do, what your soul came here to fulfill is actually in the creative zone of your chart. It's about creating and playing and connecting to your inner child. And it's about being on a stage and making things beautiful and using art as an expression of, you know, self-love and radiance and kind of just celebrating people but it's in the sign of Aquarius, which means that you're meant to do all of that, but through the archetype of like a rebel or a revolutionary Mm. to go your own way. I wrote like the song lyric, go your own way in your notes, (laughs) like the Fleetwood Mac song. I was like, yeah, like you have to do things in your own way through your own journey. And it might be a little quirky. It might be a little eccentric, that's really like your soul's like highest manifestation is to do that is to kind of use your personal creativity in ways that other people maybe haven't before to be an innovator. And ultimately Aquarius rules the collective. So you're using your personal creativity to help like humanity on a larger scale. Does that make sense to you? Yeah. It's um, really beautiful to hear like beauty and being drawn to beauty and also showcasing different types of beauty is something that's always been super important to me. I think the first iteration of my bio, when I first created my website like six years ago, that was like the last paragraph that I aimed to be just bring beauty to this world, a different mm-hmm. kind of beauty that they have before. Also, shout out to my partner, but he uh, last year got me a book. It was about notes. So it was the first time I realized where my nodes were and just like how important those are to mm. the world and people. I'm still learning a lot, a lot, a lot, but I'm just happy to hear what you're saying because it reinforces the things I've read, but also kind of elevates it to a different level. 
you know, when you said before about being the matron of the arts, why I was like, okay, we're going to have to make sure we circle back to that because there's a few signatures in your chart, your Libra rising, everything I just said, beauty, art, social justice, your North Known Aquarius is almost like a community steward, like bringing people together, um, advocating for larger groups of people, joining them together. Aquarius is always going to be focused on something bigger than yourself. It's something that's helping the collective. It's bringing groups together. It's helping um, groups of people kind of go together farther, you know, and, and you really being at the helm of that. The other thing is your career line is in cancer, your midheaven. So your midheaven is how you're going to kind of appreciate the most earthly success, let's call it. Your your node is like your soul's growth, your soul's fulfillment to like live in the highest octave, the highest consciousness of that. Whereas your midheaven is like how, you know, you're perceived publicly and also how your biggest achievements will occur, like the, the funnel through, the, the channel through in which they will flow down to the earth. And it definitely is like aligning with this is how we can really manifest big goals and make a big impact. And that's in cancer, which is going to be for you, actually. Cancer is the sign of the mother and it's the sign of the divine feminine. And it's the sign of you in a career placement. It's like you create home and you create family and you almost become like a motherly figure to people you work with in terms of like, you know, creating workplaces that actually do feel like family, you know, creating uh, situations, environments for people that are nourishing and nurturing, not just about, you know, grind and the output and the numbers. So when you said matron of the arts, which I've never even really heard that expression. I've only heard patron of the arts. Patriarchy <laughs> sucks again. I've never, I'm like, duh, I've never heard that. It's amazing. I was like, that's exactly what her chart, like the triangulation of those three parts of your chart say, like someone who that wow. is what you're meant to do. Yay. <laughs> that makes me so happy to hear that. That would make me overjoyous to be able to be that person, you know, and especially as a black woman, because I just feel like that's a rare thing. Mm-hmm. So thank you. Yeah. Thank you for that, for sharing that. I love that. So I always tell my clients, I'm like, find what lit you up as a child. Cause like there probably was something there. There's definitely a seed, you know, a resonance, um, something there that is truly a part of your soul's calling. And it's just now the journey, like back to that. I wanted to ask you about, you just finished your Saturn return which is like your emotional adulthood coming of age. And I do see that, you know, it was for the past few years, um, it just ended. So woohoo, yay for you for being done with that. That was from 2017 to 2020. But I see some things in 2018 where it was like, really, you know, your Saturn was, is like in the peak of the Saturn return. And what you were saying about your Saturn return, I see one of the larger lessons was about, learning to use your voice and learning to have your own identity outside of especially like parental figures in your chart, but also about like kind of cultivating your own identity, your own intelligence and tapping into like, I literally put like may have been lonely or shy growing up now and understanding of how powerful your mind and speech is and what you bring to the table. Do you feel that? Does that resonate with you? This is your job to know, but this is, it's just scary how accurate you are. I'm not scary. It's beautiful, <laughs> to be honest. But I was a supremely shy kid. Like, I would be asked to do presentations that I had completed, and I would get up and start crying because I didn't want to talk. <laughs> and uh, even, like, now, like, with my partner, communication is always been a major thing because it's so hard for me to communicate when I'm not happy and when I'm not feeling the best. I'd rather not just communicate at all. And I wasn't really, I was just scolded a lot as a child because my parents were so worried about how we would be seen and in the world and church. So we, I wasn't really allowed to like ever talk back, ever speak up my mind. It was always um, just criticized. So I, in the last four years, that's been really my biggest job as in addition to everything else is just learning to communicate properly learning when not to communicate, learning who not to communicate to. It's like, I still trust when I do communicate that people are listening and they're taking it to heart. So I'm still working out of being shy, to be honest. But like, I understand that people 
I understand now the responsibility that people place on me that I place myself to be more outspoken because of the work I created mm-hmm. because of my experiences. And I do have a lot of experiences to share with people that can definitely help them um, have a smoother life than I've had. So it's communication is very important to me right now. So it's, it's really great that you mentioned that, mm-hmm. but also reflect as to how shy I was, was like, it's insane <laughs> how shy I was in the past. I love that. And I think people would love to hear that because, you know, um, Libra rising, your rising is how you project your image to the world. I also forgot to men- mention that Libra risings are always gorgeous. It's almost unfair. I hate it. Like, it's exactly like how you look on your Instagram. Just like there's an ethereal, like delicate ease, like graceful beauty to Libra risings. So I think it's helpful to know because looking at you, as we all know from the outside world, looking at someone's Instagram or social media, it's just like, oh my God, this is this gorgeous babe. And she's a media powerhouse. And so to hear you say that, like how shy you were growing up and that there's still a part of you that can kind of be pulled to that. I just think that's comforting for people to know, you know? (laughs) Um, Yeah. I think people would be really surprised when they, I'm always like, in the back of my mind, I hope this person isn't too shocked when they meet me because I am very friendly. Like my parents, like I just grew up with really friendly people and I'm from Chicago and I'm Nigerian. Like all those attributes, I think add to that, but I get tired of talking. I lose energy really quickly when I have to speak to people. I, it's really hard for me to repeat things um, at times because I just get so, it's not even the person or the frustration itself. I just sometimes don't want to talk like, and, um, but I also find that when I do have to talk a lot, either because I'm around roommates or friends or whatever, when I go back into myself and I have that quiet time, I can replenish and I can kind of re-energize. And I learned that also because I had my aura read a couple of years mm-hmm. ago while I was working at a soul cycle event that was giving me a lot of anxiety. The lady like pulled me to the side <laughs> and looked at my aura me I needed to go and go sit somewhere for 20 minutes because my energy was really just being depleted so I with that in mind I try to think of how I process things where I'm not feeling like very confident or very talkative I just think about what energy transference is happening and if it's Mm -hmm. positive I'm like full on in let's do this um don't need caffeine like let's 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 chat um but if the energy isn't there that's when i know to pull back when the energy transference is a little bit too strong on one side or the other that's when i know to pull back but i had to really teach myself how to do that because otherwise i'd be like either just super super shy or just super awkward like <laughs> so. mm-hmm. i love that no that's um that makes sense and yeah just you know props to that uh aura reader at soul cycle for picking up on that and pulling you out. Cause again, I find too, especially when we're going through certain moments in our life, particularly a Saturn return, it's like the teachers just do kind of show up in the moment. Like that woman might've just changed her life of like, Oh yeah. Like I'm actually very sensitive to energy. And then you can kind of use that breadcrumb and, and go deeper down that path. But that is absolutely in your chart, your Mercury, your planet of communication, your messenger planet how you receive, process, and share information is in your 12th house, which is all about like the inner world. It's the part of your chart that's associated with the magical inner realm, the subconscious, the psyche. And when you see Mercury there, it's like, yeah, you have a lot of creativity, a lot of visionary energy, like, you know, a, a daydreamer, a poet, but it's also that like, you're extremely sensitive to other energy. Yeah. And it might just like, close that down when it's overwhelmed, you know, when there's too much static coming through the antenna. So I was going to tell you that one of your, you know, cosmic RXs, one of your mystical assignments is definitely good energy hygiene, like knowing when to, you know, drop out away from crowds, when to, you know, take a salt bath, when to just, you know, do a visualization or anchor yourself in the ground because that, but it sounds like you already have that tool. So and that's on your Saturn return because your Saturn return will teach you the tools. It's like, hey. Oh, it did. <laughs> but I think during that time is also when I discovered astrology. Like I was having just the roughest time. I got into this crazy car accident in 2018. I like mm. literally, in the, I survived by a miracle, by a mere miracle. And I was just so lost as like, I was working, but mentally I was just very fragmented and lost. And someone actually told me to check out astrology zone. And that's how I got into astrology. 
And what she was saying also was like very accurate, very on point. And I've just been like reading her um, page every month since then, just so I know like what to expect. Because I think the unexpected mm-hmm. is what really pisses me off and doesn't allow me to even have, even if I have the tools, to even use the tools to be, um, to safe, to be safe. So that I'm just really grateful for the lessons I've learned during this time period um, to be able to have better experiences on this Mm -hmm. planet. Oh, it's so good. And props to you for for paying attention because that's a big part of it too. It's like some people keep getting the knocks at the door and they're like, eh, I don't know. And they ignore it. And then it's like, you know, the whole house comes crashing down. um, I love, I love that you do um, astrology zone. Susan Miller is like, I always say she is like the original like astrologer. She's whose page I read, you know, when I was younger and I still do. And something you just said, oh yeah, astrology, it's just about awareness. The awareness helps so much to know the context for what's happening, to know the awareness in your own chart. And on that note, you know, I do want to do a little bit of forecasting for you. I do want to point out that you probably already know this, but your Venus, which is your planet of how you want to give and receive love. And it's the planet of your values and how you seek pleasure and also how you make money and find security in the world is in Sagittarius in your second house. Meaning um, just so you know, a part of your art and a part of your how you find pleasure and how your heart opens up to the world is going to be through freedom and adventure and connecting with other cultures and being this like ambassador and kind of expanding out your mindset too. Like it's adventures out in the world, but also adventures, you know, within like the the greatest adventure, some might even say, but this is going to be the more you do that. And the more that you travel and the more that you like seek within yourself and others, it is going to directly affect like your uh, success and that kind of material abundance and that security and, you know, identifying your own values and your own worthiness. They're all kind of tied into each other. So, um, you know, when you're feeling like stuck on making money, check back in with your values, maybe book a trip or take a staycation or just do something, read a book you've never read before. Like you said, like read a book on, um, a philosophy or a modality or a spiritual system you've never read before. These are things that can really activate those channels of, of prosperity for you. And they also help you teach you about your own worth, which again is part of one of the ways you're going to make money is teaching other people about their worth, the energetic yeah. worth, and also literally charging their worth too, which I'm sure as an artist you can resonate with. <laughs> yeah. Happy to do both, freely and paid. <laughs> oh my goodness, amazing. Okay, so I'm going to uh, just, you know, to wrap up, there's so much I could keep going on. Obviously, you know how to reach out to me if you want to go any deeper, but just yeah. on time, is there anything that you would, let, you know, something that's on the horizon for the next six months to a year that you would love to sort of just know how to like, you know, what's the best path of alignment or... Yeah. I mean, question. Yeah. Um, thank you again for this so much. I wish I had your skills to give you a reading back, um, but I really appreciate you doing this for me. And I think for me over the next six months, I know there's going to be a lot of fluidity. I mean, there always is. Last year was crazy fluid, but I think a lot right now I'm contemplating a move uh, mm-hmm. to a different state while maintaining like, or trying to build a creative house in LA with the current mm-hmm. place I have. I am definitely going through partner changes and shifts. I think we're just both kind of evolving in specific ways. And I'm just interested in seeing, but I can't, I wish I could see what's going to happen, but I also know like no one has that power. Not even fortune tellers specifically Mm -hmm. to to understand. So we're just navigating it um, as best as we can. But yeah, I think that I I feel that a lot of things are going to be changed within my houses of like, mm-hmm. you know, ha- houses of houses. My <laughs> my houses of homes. Wait, that doesn't make any sense either. In, in the home trajectory and also like in the ro- romantic part of my my chart. So I'm not going to be anxious mm-hmm. about it. <laughs> I'm going to practice just like slowing down, being patient, letting things come. And what I've been doing, you know, for the last six months is just being like a little bit slower to react and mm. a little bit better my my time and my body and also to start treating 
myself like I treat other people. And uh, I literally did not learn that till like last August. I've been flying to New York for work like for years and I bought my assistant like a hotel space for her to come help me, but I was going to just like do whatever. And it ended up being a really chaotic work trip and mm-hmm. ending of that trip actually. But what made, what I realized within that is that I treat other people better than I treat myself mm-hmm. and I look out for them, but will not look out for me. And that doesn't help them because when I'm making decisions like, erroneously based on my moods or my feelings as well mm-hmm. so that's gonna be working on right now is just being better to myself but then also an extent being better to like four close friends that I have instead of like just thinking everyone is a friend and can understand the full capacity and extent of my my being that's impossible so mm, yeah I love being that I love that it's- so much these are beautiful intentions and beautiful things to explore. And I was going to say that one of your cosmic RXs for the year is, so you're a Libra rising. And whenever we want to balance our energies, if we're feeling like we're going too far in one direction or we're stuck, stale or stagnant, we want to look to the opposite sign of that to understand how to bring ourselves back into to harmony. And mm. for you, the opposite of Libra is Aries. And Aries is the sign of the eye of Okay, mm-hmm. me for, me first. What do I need? You know, what do I need to show up in the world? Because Libra, you are so focused on the other. Libra rules like the other partnerships. So there can be a tendency to keep the peace for everyone, but but have no piece of the pie for yourself, kind of a thing. So um, that's a great, you know, that you. <laughs> I love that you learned that last August. I love how like firm and crystallizing that moment is. And yeah. so that's going to be really important for you as you grow. And definitely just some of the things that I can see, just some of the dates that are jumping out to me is you actually have three eclipses in May and June and December that are activating your money axis. The way you okay. earn can shift, can expect maybe to be part of a, a bigger investment, to have an investor, you're raising funds, or you might just have a new revenue stream that actually may be around, uh, based around your home or like working with your family. Mm-hmm. Did you say something about using your home for an art yeah. house? Um, okay. So two things like that, I'm trying to make this, I have this like a uh, house I've been leasing in LA and it's been very, very tumultuous. I've had a lot of people who had bad energy um, mm-hmm. We're just missing the gifts I was giving them and honestly treating me like mom, which is funny that you mentioned that, <laughs> but it was like in July and August that I decided that I don't, I don't have kids. Like I don't have actual kids, but I have friends who literally act like kids and who treat me like their mom. And it's not fair to my experience as a human with no kids. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. so I kind of had to like just step away from that. And now the space is just this beautiful potentiality and possibility of what could be. So I'm hoping that I can just turn into some kind of creative space for people who really need the housing, but also mm. are super creative and can do anything um, and multitude of things. I'm also working on releasing prints for the first time in my career. Um, I've worked oh. on prints for like five years. <laughs> and it's been very uh, revealing that process has been very revealing but it's also why I'm such a huge advocate for diversity because in boardrooms where I'm being told that you know racism doesn't exist and diversity is not a thing <laughs> it's oh God. a lot for people of color and you know getting bad feedback it's, it's been such a huge motivator for me to continue that journey and now I'm finally releasing this actually like next week on Monday first through Instagram and We'll see what happens after that. I've never released prints. I don't know if people even buy prints anymore. I know people can, you know, love and support me, but it doesn't, I don't know if that's going to translate financially, but I'm just happy to be doing it. And then, but what's in the back of my mind is that I want to release these because I have another story that I want to work on, um, which has to do with my father and his immigration to the U.S. and him being mm-hmm. a political journalist and how that has evolved his understanding of the U S but I haven't started on that yet. I, I haven't actually told anyone besides you wow. <laughs> that. So <laughs> but it's been back in my mind for years to just tell a story in different ways. So I think that's going to be the next thing I work on after I release these first set of uh, prints. So mm. 
interesting. <laughs> you mentioned that as well. Well, I love that because I'm also pulling up your chart for like this very weekend and some things that are happening. I'm like, uh, let's see, releasing art. First of all, what we're in right now, just so you don't think I'm making this up and, you know, blowing smoke. I just posted on Instagram today that like today is the day for artists to like, it's a time entering for the next few days for artists to put their work out in the world. Like it's a very, so that's the cosmic green light on that. And then, you know, just in other terms of things coming up for you that I want you to think about. I know I said six months, but actually something sooner than that, I see Jupiter, the planet of expansion is going to be in Pisces, which is all about love and faith and spirituality and healing. Jupiter's going to move into Pisces in your fifth house of romance and love and passion from May 13th to July 28th. So I'm just going to say circle those dates for you. That's like summer of love energy times 1000 and sometime around June 10th, you might have a little fun, like sexy surprise coming your way. Um, Again, we're keeping our minds open, but it's actually, it's really hinged upon your communication skills too. The things that you learned during Mm -hmm. your Saturn return are going to come up for a moment of like synthesis and integration. And you're going to be like, Oh my God, I am so happy. I worked on my communication skills. (laughs) This is totally pain. It's totally paying off. Okay, good. Because I will keep working on it. <laughs> okay, yeah. So some some fun things coming up, some good money things, some good love things. And it just sounds like, you know, keep on doing what you're doing. And you obviously know how to reach out to me if you have more questions about this reading. But is there yeah. anything else that you want to share? Anything else that you want to say or anything else that you know, I'm intrigued as to what your sign is. That's my only question. For you. <laughs> well, I'm actually a Virgo. And when you said, you said loving right. Virgos, we didn't even get into it, but your moon sign, which is actually normally what I talk so much about, but you have so many big soul growth things I wanted to point out today. You have yeah. a Virgo moon. So you, yeah. like me and you, we have a little connection going on. Like whenever yeah. you hang out with a Virgo, it's like we're connected on a line. Like, Everything they do just makes so much sense to me. I don't know. I think that's because of the moon, but I just look at them with awe because I'm like, you're getting it. Exactly. We we speak the same language. Like we're the same. We're the ones in the room. Like everyone's doing something weird and we're just looking at each other like, why are they doing that that way? And, you know, the, you have a lot of very mutable energy in your chart, which is Virgo, you know, your Virgo moon, your Venus and Sag. These are the things that are the mutable signs in the Zodiac are here to make magic and here to take things that already exist and tweak them and make them better. And the mutable energy wants to do a lot. And that's also what can be kind of anxiety inducing about them because we were like, I'm the same as you, but so that, that Virgo energy, we're speaking that same language of like, we want to do things and we want to do them well. And the only thing I will say about your Virgo moon internally, you're going to have to tell Virgos, I speak from my own experience. We are so hard on ourselves, <laughs> like yeah. even more so than the normal. So, a big part of our practice with the high Virgo placements is just being like, hey, inner critic, love the feedback, love it. So, attention, yeah. so much attention to detail, really appreciate that. But you can actually have like the night off so I can just relax. <laughs> so. Yeah. 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 I, I need to get better at that. I always tell, like, with my assistants, um, if I'm ever strict with them, I'm, I'm, I always tell them, like, trust. I'm way stricter myself. Yes. And, like, that's the only thing that pushes me to continue working. It's just, like, that level of excellence I'm trying to achieve for mm-hmm. myself. It's, mm-hmm. We look at what other people are doing and all that, but there's no room for that in, in progress for me. Mm-hmm. I'm, you know, I don't think anyone else can do that, but it's not helpful for me. So now I'm just like, okay, I know that I just wasn't giving myself enough congratulations, I guess, because I can do so without ego. But what I was doing is thinking that ego was terrible and I had to kill it every single chance I had. What's happening was that even when I was accomplishing really great things, I can reflect on now that they're great. I wouldn't let myself think of it that way. I wouldn't let myself stifled by you know just the pomp and circumstances but the problem when that happens is the way we can completely defeat ego is you have people around you who have great ego but have no reach like 
they have great ego, but like they don't have experiences as you do. Mm-hmm. So they can kind of like see what's happening there better than you can and can take advantage of it, of it very easily. That's something I also realized last year that ego can be useful um, Ooh, when yes. and when just like examined and analyzed intentionally. So that's something I'm also like really learning to just have more confidence in the work I do because uh, I've had people literally lie and steal and take my work and pretend it's theirs. Oh and I laugh. Why would you do that? You don't need to do that when everyone is creative. No one, you know, everyone's creative and we have access to everything. But I realize now that they just saw my lack of uh, self-confidence and they were like, okay, cool. Let's try to, you know, push, push some buttons. But definitely something I'm going to work on as well as communication, like just in this year and years to come. I'm so happy you said that about Virgo, uh, that you said that to, you know, you're so intuitive to have that pop up at the end because again, we didn't go that deep into the Virgo moon, but the moon is your emotional inner world. And Virgo is truly the selfless sign it's the only feminine sign in the Zodiac. And she is like the servant leader. Like she wants to just lead by giving. So when you talked about, you know, giving your employee that room um, and there's something almost like ego less about Virgo. I mean, we do have an ego, don't get me wrong, because then we're pissed when someone like, you know, corrects us or tells us we're wrong or does take that. But truly like we do things because we want to be of service and that's your inner yeah. world. But then what happens is, is that we need to learn to speak on ourselves a little bit and we need to learn to have some confidence and more importantly, you know, to have boundaries and, and worthiness surrounding that. And you mentioned that you grew up in a really, in the church. I also grew up in a very um, conservative, you know, Christian background and it felt yeah. very like, oh, improper to, to do that. And Virgo is unfortunately in the shadow element can really be associated with that, like quote unquote, good girl archetype, like, Oh, no, yeah. just not here, not rock. I'm not rocking the boat. Like, oh, me, ego? Like, no, like, you almost yeah. feel like somehow it's, you know, like, I don't want to use the word sinful, but I'll say that, like, to speak on ourselves, take up space, no, or to drag on ourselves. It's like, oh, no, no, that's nothing. Mm-mm-mm-mm, whatever. It's not a big deal. Like, I don't want to, you know, no, no one look at me. Look over there. I'm just here doing my work, you know. And, <laughs> My mom used to tell me one of her biggest prayers uh, when she was younger that, you know, God wouldn't wouldn't allow a man to look at her. Like, she, she didn't want to have any lovers or any, like, lookers or any conflict. And I think about that in my prayers mm-hmm. to men. I'm just like, I want you, but don't look at me. Like, <laughs> like mm-hmm. don't look at me. They don't want me because... But I also don't play, like... I try not to play with people's emotions or play coy or like any of that stuff. So what, who usually gets hurt is me because I just won't say anything, you know, because I'm like, I don't mm-hmm. want to rough on each other. I don't want them to know. I don't want them to know. Mm. But now it's like, I want these things, so I should ask for them, you know, and, and um, have the confidence to ask for them. I'm trying, I'm working on it. <laughs> yes. That's going to be a good thing. I'm happy we touched on that Virgo, having that boundary, you know, self-advocating, self-congratulating, speaking on your, like, you know, I did something good, letting yourself be seen and also just releasing perfectionism and like releasing like quote unquote, like purity culture in any way, shape or form too, is like a big thing. And when we need yeah. to, look to a great model of that. I always think a great Virgo is like Beyonce. I'm like, cause Virgo is yeah. also the sign of, I always say the boss, which she's like a healer and she knows how to help people, but she also knows how to monetize that and be a boss when she is living in that like high octave, um, when she can get out of that like pattern of, you know, being self-critical or not wanting to be seen. So you're just going to yeah. channel your inner Beyonce, like so freaking hard. <laughs> You got it. <laughs> I love that. I so, that. yeah, that it's it's so I'm so happy you brought that up. Okay, great. So, Grace, um, such an amazing discussion. Just I feel like you just like opened up my mind to so many new ways of thinking, and especially about art and style and expression, and you know the advocacy work that sounds like it's very much part of you and, and going to be even more part of you, and, you know, developing you in exciting ways over the next year. Um, is there, um, how do people find you? How do you like people to reach out to you? Where can people see your work? 
Hello. Um, hello. 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 Just text me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm serious. Like DMs frustrate. I don't know. I get social media. You know, it just kind of like ravels up anxiety sometimes. But if you want to reach me on Instagram, it's at Bukumi Grace. B U K U N M I G R A C E. And then literally, if someone wants to text me, like they can just text me at seven zero eight. Six four six five two one eight. I know that's super random and that is some Virgo moon shit right there. Giving out your number. (laughs) I just like if you want to talk to me, you could call me. You know, like if you really want to call me, talk to me or email me. I guess, but I'll probably respond faster to text than that than email. I Um, already loved you, but that I've never heard someone give their number out, and I listen to like thousands of podcasts, and I love you so much for that. And you have to let me know if anybody texts you or calls. I will. I will completely. It's my real number too. It's not one of these like fake numbers on the side. Right. <laughs> not a burner. <laughs> real number. I trust your listeners. I trust that everyone listening to this has great okay. a great soul, good intention, and mm. like if they really need some answers, like they'll you know they can find them. Wow. And uh, that's all. That's kind of all. <laughs> okay. Beautiful. Well, thank you so much again for taking the time out of your very busy schedule for this. It was truly a gift for me. And I really love chatting with you. You too. You too. Thank you so much for this. I really appreciate it. And I hope you have a beautiful day, weekend, fill with lots of great stars, you know, and delight. And yeah, thank you again for having me. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you want to know more about Cosmic Rx, head on over to thecosmicrx.com. And if you really love this show, I'd love it if you left a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. I super love hearing from you and reading your reviews. All right, you cosmic baddie, tune in next week. And until then, remember, love yourself fully, work your magic, and take no shit.